0: Hi and welcome to Made in Voyage. I am so excited to be introducing all of you to Megan Holquest who is um, an old colleague and friend of mine and we're going to be interviewing her and talking to her today about getting on stage and opportunities for women who want to, you know, they they have a point of view, they have tips, they have techniques, they want to be presenters and things have changed a little bit right now and things have shifted in our marketplace where We're remote and we're online, and so today, we're not only going to talk about Megan and all the amazing things she's accomplished, and she's going to share great tips and techniques and tricks with you guys, but we're going to lean into the idea of how can you become a thought leader in the current atmosphere we're in from a digital aspect.
1: Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses
0: heavily on women's issues, it's Relevant for anyone who values self improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. Megan, thank you so much for taking the time very early on a Friday morning to chat with me and the mermaids.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie and team. Um, It's awesome to be here. It's great to talk to you all.
0: what a crazy week, right? Um, what crazy times. Uh, it's been insane. And I know somebody on our call this morning was like, happy Friday. And I was like, what's the difference?
2: I know. I thought of that this morning. That's my go-to for Friday mornings is happy Friday. And I'll tell you what, I, I am so grateful, as I'm sure you guys are, that you know I'm healthy and I'm safe and I have a job and I've got some opportunities like this. Um, yeah. But it feels like we're just short of wishing everyone a happy Friday. Uh, right, exactly. But I think today we're going to we're gonna talk a lot about that, right? We're going to break this open and talk about the fact that even though we are in this unprecedented time of crisis, there actually are still some opportunities for those who are driven enough, you know, to yeah. want to wanna leverage this and find opportunities hidden amongst the chaos that's happening out in the world.
0: And I love that point of view. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to run with it. Awesome. So we are here today and into my weekend. Um, So before we get going into all of those juicy topics, I just want to share a little bit about, because you've always interested me in your kind of rise up in marketing from when I met you a few years ago, because you know, you are so smart and so intelligent and well poised. And then I came to find out that you like went to law school and Yeah. marketing was like not your intended if you will career mm-hmm. however landed in such a magnificent spot now you're an agency owner with your husband and like doing knocking it out of the park right um so maybe you could just share with our listeners a little bit kind of how you got into marketing so they can get a little basis of you know who you are
2: sure i mean again thank you so much um you guys are always so kind um you're right, though, that my my route into marketing, into what has become my dream career, uh, was rather circuitous. Um, I actually started in law school and I dropped out. Uh, I hated it, and I found myself, you know, like a lot of young adults. I think today, I, I found myself moving back in with my parents. You know, a college graduate, no job, uh, no opportunities on the table. I had a, you know, a political science and philosophy degree, which doesn't get you too much in terms of finding <laughs> a job. Uh, so I kind of stumbled into marketing. I started working for an attorney for a small law firm, uh, and he needed, you know, some some administrative support uh, as well as some help with the website and marketing. Uh, so I kind of dove in, and I discovered marketing, and I, I just fell in love. Uh, so I've been doing it ever since. Um, I, I got a couple agency jobs, and I've just. I've absorbed everything I possibly could. And now, you know, the last 18 months, um, I have, I've joined my husband full time as an agency owner. Uh, So we've been running HQ Digital out of our home in Northwest Ohio for about the last 18 months. Um, So yeah, it's been tremendous. You know, I love marketing. I love the folks in marketing. Uh, It's just, it's just such a, a nice group to work with. It's just yeah. being, I don't know, it's an exciting industry. It's exciting projects, exciting clients. Um, so I'm really lucky. I found what I love. I'm, I'm very fortunate.
0: You are. And I agree with you because I came from like a corporate background before I joined like the inbound agency life, mm-hmm. and which I've only been in for six or so years now. It is, it is a whole different ballgame. Working with creatives is the most enjoying and frustrating thing that I've ever done. <laughs> Um, so, so you do work remotely, as you said, from your house and I, we all do at impulse creative as well. Um, I'd say 90% of our staff is remote as well. So right now we're a hundred percent. So <laughs> what observations, can you share or tips that you, you know, can lean and have our audience lean into? Cause a lot of people are shifting, not only digital, like work from home, but like technology and zoom conferencing. Like there's a lot out there that I think a lot of our listeners may not have been, um, utilizing before the last fifteen days.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's fascinating this whole thing. Um, you know, I I've been working at home myself full time for about four years, and before that, I was about half and half. Um, so it's interesting. You know, all of a sudden, folks are asking me for for tips on what's been my normal. You know, for yeah. years and. You know, what I've seen is, I think a lot of what everyone else has seen, this is new to many people, um, you know, so so some of my advice is for everyone to just take a deep breath, you know, uh, try four seconds in, four seconds out, and realize that everybody's in the same boat, and this is yeah. new for a lot of folks, um, but it's, it's not new for everyone, and so there's a lot of resources you can depend on, um, there's all kinds of tips that you can pick up. I also feel like, you know, one good thing for me, at least from my perspective, that's coming out of this, is I actually think it's going to accelerate the adoption curve for a lot of these digital technologies. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we've all been using things like Zoom and Slack and Skype and Google Hangouts and Facebook Messenger and all these different digital platforms for years. Yeah. And they've been available. But the adoption, you know, that's how adoption tends to go with these these technologies is not until you absolutely need to that the majority kind of comes along and all of a sudden, you know, the market's hand has been forced a little bit and suddenly you have teachers and professors and CEOs and all these folks who've never, you know, really, um, adopted these things, they're just all in. So it's really cool to see, um, you know, we've all kind of known in the marketing world, this stuff works and it's a great, they're great platforms. Right. You are able to connect and get a message out, even though, you know, you're from within your own home. So I like to see the acceleration of adoption. I think that's really cool. And then another thing, you know, looking for the silver linings, which I yeah. feel like is just a great survival strategy right now is, you know, um, Part of, part of my role as an agency owner uh, has been like establishing myself as a thought leader and a speaker. And I had a great year last year. You and I talked about that in the summer yeah. that, you know, 2019, it feels like was just such a great year for women in digital marketing. We had all these opportunities just suddenly, you know, the door just got blown wide open and conferences were aching for women to come and fill these roles and share their expertise and share their unique perspective. And I feel like as women now in 2020, we're kind of like, well, what the heck happened? You know, right. it was a year last year. And now all of a sudden we're just, we're just kind of thrown, uh, we're just thrown for a loop. So one thing that I'm noticing is that even though that physical stage opportunity has kind of vanished, um, a lot of these conferences have had to cancel, trade shows have ended. There is an opportunity for for folks in digital marketing, folks in all industries really, and particularly for women, to actually use this time to establish themselves as thought leaders. You know, we're all sitting at home with all this extra time. We've got all these digital technologies. I feel like you know I've talked to so many women in the last year who are interested in yeah. establishing themselves and starting to build a personal brand and build a following. This girl is the time, right? Like, you have all the time in the world. Take some time, you know, take advantage of this time at home to really craft a strategy for when we're through this, you know, how you're going to explode as the next thought leader on the scene. I really think there's good opportunities to do this in this digital always world we're in now.
0: I'd love to dissect that a little bit, so if sure. I were someone, because you, when you and I did talk this past summer when Jen and I had the opportunity to chat with you at Inbound, you know, I, I even said personally, like, I wanted to get on the stage at Inbound this upcoming year, which I don't know if, you know, if that's happening and deadlines, et cetera, but um, if they're going to be on, we hope so, we don't know, um, but I would love to, as again, somebody who's interested in doing that, like, what do I do first? Because The idea of this explosion of opportunity for women, I fully agree with you. Like 2019 was our year. We did a podcast about it too. Like all the kick-ass things that happened for women in 2019. I don't think 2020 is going to be anyone's year, male or female. Like COVID. It's not anybody's year. But like you said, there are ways that we can capitalize. So, but it feels like an undertaking. Where, where do I start? Where do I, where do I like begin to put pen to paper?
2: yeah great question because I mean it, it it's overwhelming, right The digital space is huge um and I think with that in mind you know the the right first step is to find the right channel for you um, I think that all everyone that's been at home has spent the last two weeks kind of playing around with different technologies, figuring out what room they should be in, figuring out do I need earbuds? do I need you know uh, an earpiece? What do I do? the next step after you've got your platform is to figure out what channel are you going to use? Do you want to distribute your message on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or YouTube or TikTok or whatever it is, find your channel and listen first. It doesn't work particularly well when you're a thought leader to just go out and start blasting your own message. And we as marketers, we know that, right? Like right. that's, that's just not what you do. But for non-marketers, Uh, The analogy that we all like to use is, is going to a cocktail party, right? So if you go to a cocktail party and you're meeting a bunch of new folks for the first time, you typically have to take some steps to engage them a little bit first before you just start blabbing on about yourself and your expertise. Uh, and you know, that analogy goes on to say, like, you know, if you do go out and just spread your own message and talk, talk, talk about yourself and your expertise, people will politely listen for a few minutes. They'll give you a smile and a nod, maybe a like on social media but after a while they just start to drown you out, right? Because yeah. they, they are interested, humans are self-interested creatures. If you don't have something of value to give to them, they're gonna kind of become disinterested. Um, yeah. So the way I recommend that, that people combat that is just by doing some social listening first. Um, spend, as you're crafting your ideas and coming up with what you wanna talk about and you know, educating yourself by reading and watching videos in your industry, do some active listening on the channel of your choice. Um, Every network has its own nuances and social, you know, and and rules, Um, you know, for instance, on LinkedIn, if you comment and like something, everybody's network sees it. Um, On Facebook, that's not the case. Um, So take some time and actually identify, you know, who are the thought leaders in your space? What are they talking about? How do folks engage with them? And then actually get yourself involved in the conversation. Um, engage a little bit first, and then you can start to build your own platform and start talking. Um, so that's step one of a, of a fairly complicated process,
0: I'd say. But I think there's a lot of like subtasks within that step, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. like, I've even heard you say, create a content calendar. Really? I mean, you didn't say that, but like what do you want to talk about? Who do you want to be on this platform? Like you need to sit down and put the thought up front as to like, this is my message. And like, mm-hmm. how am I going to dissect this main message? Yep. With lots of smaller messages that are all cohesive. Like it is, it's a big thing, but but I love that listening, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the minute to pause, which I have written all over my walls because I'm often just to jump, 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 right? To so, like pause and really understand who you are, where you are, and what's going on around you before you uh, jump in.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's a little bit, you know, second nature for, for those of us in marketing, right? Um, you have to start with a strategy first. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. you, you can't just, I mean, you can, uh, but if you just launch into, you know, blasting posts and videos and things like that, um, you may get some quick wins, but if you want like a long, you know, cumulative set of wins, you really need to be strategic. Um, You start as you would start any marketing endeavor, right? You need to identify who you're talking to, what they care about, uh, and then, you know, educate yourself, figure out what area, you know, what specialized area can you provide value in? Um, And as you figure that out, you know, do some active social listening, figure out the subtopics in that area that you want to explore, and then figure out, you know, what's the best way for you to get that message out.
0: I love that. Um, you you made note about, um, and I'm I'm gonna take exactly from something that you said. So, because I'd love for you to dive deeper into it. Adopting new communication rhythms and norms. And so, I, I like communicating remotely. I, I love that you use that term, communicating remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, mind blown for a lot of people. But what kind of things can we do? What kind of new rhythms and norms should we adopt? When we're trying to like launch ourselves into like a platform or really just a meeting in general, I think you have some great ideas you could help share.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I think I think everyone that's you know stuck at home now is starting to figure out that um, although we have these great digital technologies. It's simply not the same as being in person, you know, in a meeting in someone's office, and so you do have to adapt your communication style and your communication rhythm. Um, the number one tip that I have uh, is to be on video, which we're doing here, and it's not. Believe me, I know. I've been doing it for years. It's not the most comfortable, natural, natural thing that there is. Um, it's a bit awkward, uh, but you know, one thing that you lose when you're not face to face is this aspect of nonverbal communication. Um, yeah you know, when you're, when you're just instant messaging back and forth or you're emailing, you know, you don't have much context or tone. And so with video, you gain back some of that nonverbal communication. You can see someone's smile or the smile in someone's eyes or hand motions or, you know, someone is stressed out and what their posture looks like. So I think using video is probably most important. And then along with that, there's some etiquette, right? Um, so, uh, one tip I had gotten from an agency a few years ago was, you know, don't just hit the video call whenever you feel like it. Give people a little bit of a heads up because not everyone is, is comfortable being on video, you know, particularly 24-7. And so give somebody a heads up. Ask if it would be okay to connect by video.
0: I'm call. the greatest defender of that. I'm just like, I'm calling you now. And I call them and then I, te- I Slack them and say, I'm calling you. <laughs> I know you're there.
2: I
3: can attest to that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But we are a video first agency. So like internally, we're all on video at 845 in the morning. Like unless you, and as you should be stepping away from your desk for moments here and there. I expect everyone with their right mind clothed and ready for a call. But but externally, yes, I think, uh, you know, you have to ensure that people are prepared. Because we've been in meetings where people are like, oh, I didn't know I was on video, and it immediately gets turned
2: off. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen the headlines about, you know, about like one poor woman in particular was on the toilet and the camera was on, right? So that's a great tip, right, is, okay, familiarize yourself with the technology and the tools that you're using. Um, I wish I could show you guys, but I have a little laptop camera cover. It's just a teeny tiny piece of plastic, costs like 99 cents. You just slide it on over when you're not on camera, and it just gives you the greatest peace of mind. You oh. didn't even realize you you were missing. Um, so investing in some tools like that, you know, if you don't have a laptop camera cover, use a Post-it note or a piece of tape. Um, it just provides some peace of mind. It guarantees that you're only on camera when you want to be. Um, and then when you actually get into the meeting, you know, there there are some some rhythms that you need to change. Um, one thing my husband and I were just noticing with some folks that are new to video. Is that you know? It's not the same as a live conversation. Um, if you have, if you agree with something, for instance, if you're a person that in a in an in-person meeting is always chiming in and always giving their two cents you may have to pull it back a little bit and start to nod. Because when you're in a group like this, it's just simply impossible that everyone in the room gets to weigh in on every single thing. Um, so kind of choose your words wisely, right? Um, look for nonverbal cues when to jump in. Um, and yeah, just, just keep in mind that you know, it's, it's just a different media type the, the whole time that you're meeting.
0: It's funny you should say that. I did a Zoom, and I think we're all realizing this with our families. Those of us who've been Zooming with our families, we're like, my aunt was hollering and my mom was hollering. <laughs> they my, you know, my my cousin and I are like talking under them, but we can usually. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like madness ensued for 45 minutes like I, what's wrong with the button how do you work the button and you're like oh my lord um and so i think offering grace to those also who are sure. with the technology for those of us who are is something that we all need to work on as well because those do it every day it's like The button on the left, you can hit mute if you don't want to be speaking right now or if you're chewing like a cow or all of those really fun things.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I, I just, I think that that's super important to keep in mind is there is a learning curve. And some of us, you know, there's, there's just shifts across industries and across generations, you know, some of us have grown up on this technology, some of us have been using it for years, and some folks are just getting into it for the first time. So yeah, being patient and understanding that there's a learning curve, I think will go a long way. Um, and then, you know, you'd asked about some other tips. Um, I, I guess I always go back to this tone thing. Um, you know, I feel like a couple of years ago in business, it was very taboo to use like an emoji, right? Like you wouldn't do that. It's a business communication, right? It's very formal. Um, but as I said, right, you can't convey tone very well in an email or in an instant message. And so a, a tip that I've been reading recently, which I really, really agree with is go crazy with the emojis, right? Um, uh, if you're talking to a client, like, you know, keep, Keep it in check a little bit. But if you're communicating internally um, and you wanna, you know, especially as a manager, you wanna let your team know that they did a great job, don't hold back. Like send them, you know, the high five and the girl cartwheeling and the fire emoji and everything that's, you know, these pictures convey more than we can in words. Um, okay. So just look for ways to, you know, bolster your nonverbal communication while we're all stuck from behind our desk.
0: Yeah, I think we're big, like, okay, this, we're, I don't wanna go into a rabbit hole but gif, gif I don't know what you
3: want to call it. <laughs> I big, uh, animated oh. images. Yes. We have animated no. image users at Impulse, and
0: I am personally, because I feel like sometimes those create more emotion and can really 100% get across how you're feeling without mm-hmm. having to use your words at all, and that's I- like another form of technology we can lead into. Yeah, I
2: agree. Um, and then I don't know if you guys do that, do this over at Impulse, but, you know, one thing I love um, is using, you know, getting creative with these virtual technologies. Um, so, you know, mimicking certain office rhythms, right? So if you're used to having like a water cooler conversation with your friend, you know, on Mondays and catching up, just connect with that person by video conference for a couple minutes, right? If you're used to having a couple beers after after work on Friday, you know, with a few of your your work friends, cool. Just do it. Like sit at your you know sit at your desk, have a beer, chit chat. You know, just try to mimic what you can, um, and that'll you know make us all feel a little bit more connected while we're you know socially distanced.
0: One of the tips that you made, um, I would like for you to maybe address from like a getting on stage speaking perspective that. Um, and, and we like raved about it. And like there were two of them that we like spun off and totally spiraled out on just before we got on the call with you is that getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like as women, we've talked about like how we've given received feedback and how we internalize things and we just like react to things differently sometimes um, than our male colleagues do. Mm-hmm. Um, but from like a getting on stage perspective, if you will, how can we kind of parlay that tip into you know we're putting our plan together we're listening we're strategizing we have a message it's like okay now what
2: sure yeah um great question and i i can't take credit for this tip of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable but it's one of my favorites um One of my mentors, uh, Dan Tire at HubSpot, shared this with me, and the idea is that, right, you can do all the strategizing that you want, um, but the reality is that when you get up on stage, whether that's a physical stage or a virtual stage, like a video platform, you're probably not going to feel 100% comfortable. Like, that's just human instinct, um, you know, is to have this nervousness or this excitement inside of you, and so you know, embracing that feeling of being uncomfortable and recognizing that as excitement, I feel like is, is the best way to get through that. And, you know, what a great time to adapt or to adopt that mantra, right? It's, it's uncomfortable right now. I don't think there's, there's many people in the world right now who can say, you know, yeah, I'm a hundred percent comfortable with everything that's going on. This is terrific. Um, so just kind of accepting that and knowing that it's okay and it's natural to feel uncomfortable can really help you kind of push through and just keep putting your message out there can inspire you to have confidence in what you know and then you know just allows you yet yeah, to push and get your message out there and then work on improving it later.
0: I love that and then the other one that Remington our boss um will say to me and other colleagues all the time is imposter syndrome and I think that as we begin to be these empowered females who are like I'm going to shout my message from the rooftop right Mm -hmm. well my first thought is always like who the hell am I like and I say this because I do these weekly videos and then I'll stop because I'm like, I I don't have anything to say, or I don't feel like what I'm saying is resonating or whatever that might be. And this is the first thing Remington will say to me is like, get out of your own way. This is imposter syndrome. And yeah. so how have you personally worked through that in getting on stage yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny, right, that we all go through that. And I, I think for me, that's what it took was just understanding that it's not just me because that's how it tends to go. Um, you know, I, I go through this on a very regular rhythm. I go from being, you know, this is in times of non-crisis on top of the world, you know, the agency got a new award. Like this is awesome. It's the year of the woman to being like, I'm just a little girl. And I know so little and like how there's so much to know, like, how could I know all these things? Uh, And that's just a natural part of it. I think knowing that everyone goes through that is comforting. uh, And then it really comes down to just Having confidence in what you know, right? And if you don't have that confidence, go out there and educate yourself, right? There's all there's there's nothing that holds you back at this point. Um, there's just so many free educational resources out there. And you know, what I find too is is when i when I actually get a message out, then I kind of get feedback about, and that validates me a little bit because I get into this loop where I think like, well, my old boss already knows all of this stuff, you know, they're, they're not going to be, well, my old creative director, like he, he knows all this stuff, you know, what's he going to think when he sees me sharing these basic tips, but then I get folks who aren't in the industry, or, you know, aren't a creative director, and they come up to me, and they say, Megan, thank you so much for these practical tips, that was so helpful, and so knowing that you're not, you're not going to impress everyone, like, You don't need for everyone out there to love you and revere you as an expert. You just need your fans, right? And if you're, if you have true fans that genuinely, you know, are into and are learning from what you're sharing, that's who you should be caring about. Um, So yeah, imposter syndrome is real. I think, I think all People and particularly women go through it at all different levels. Um, So, if you're going through it, you know, realize that it's a normal, natural thing. Uh, Talk to your friends, right? Talk to your colleagues. They'll help bolster your confidence. um, And just keep putting stuff out there, you know, and getting some feedback.
3: Megan, what I'm loving um, having you live on our podcast today is that I can really get a sense for how you communicate, how you are offering information and conversation and uh, a a little bit of your personal brand is coming through in that right and I love seeing that how can people make sure they're doing that when they're sharing especially if maybe they're sharing writing maybe they're sharing a photo or just like a point in time video they don't have the conversation two-way aspect to it
2: yeah that's a great question um You know, one thing that, that I lean into, um, is just this idea of being authentic and that's kind of by accident because I don't really, like, that's just how I am. Um, I don't have much of a poker face, you know? And so I think being authentic in your communication is, is probably the best way to get your message out there, you know? So if you're a silly person that likes to, you know, make jokes and be witty and, you know, um... I don't just have a lot of personality put that out there use caps use punctuation, you know, make make your video all about that. Um, I think just being comfortable with, you know, who you are and and talking to folks like you know them and you know, like I've said, having the confidence to know that you do have Value in what you're providing. Um, I think that helps Um Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm glad to hear that, I guess. Um, But yeah, I mean, I also, I've been on video, right, for a few years, and so I think I have a little bit of a leg up um, on folks that are getting new to it, but I think, you know, practice and practice again. Um, I've had my husband, you know, I've recorded, especially when I first started doing some thought leadership videos, I would record, no joke, like 20 takes before I would put something out that was maybe like two minutes long. And I would work with, you know, my husband who's in the industry, but also folks who are outside the industry, like my sister, you know, to say like, hey, do I seem like a nice, interesting person? You know, and she'd be like, well, you seem a little flat here. You know, Lex would say, my husband would say like, Megan, you sound like, you know, a corporate video right now. Like just be yourself. Um, so I got some feedback, you know, from those that I love and I trust. And that's really kind of helped, um, coach me a little bit to, to kind of get my more authentic message out there.
3: I love that. It sounds like you and your husband have a really good working <laughs> relationship, um, which is, it 's very impressive to me um, because I have uh, not always seen that in my life. Um, what are your tips for folks who maybe aren 't owning a business and working directly with their spouse or partner right now, but uh, working in the same physical space right now and making that work productively for them, not holding them back I think sure. a- it
2: 's so interesting like my husband and I were in this really unique space, right working together at home. And no one really was interested in it. And now all of a sudden everybody's in that same boat. Um, so you know, some things that have worked for us um, are making sure that you you appropriately break out home time and work time um by any means necessary, right? So use your calendar, if it makes sense, to block when you're working and when you're not working. Um, My husband and I would get into these bad rhythms, particularly around lunchtime. Uh, He generally works downstairs and I work upstairs, and I would go downstairs and I'm on my lunch, you know. I'm just chit-chatting and sharing some ideas I had about, you know, arts and crafts projects and, you know, like yard work. And he would be like, I'm working, I'm working, you know, what are you doing? Uh, so just kind of communicating, you know, when you're at work and when you're not, uh, I think is a great first step. Uh, and then, you know, having some designated workspaces really helps too. Um, you know, we, we tried sharing office space for a little while. It didn't go as well as we thought it might. Um, so we've kind of split our, our, our workspaces. Um, and then, you know, so many people are in this, this crazy situation now of having kids at home too. I know Jackie, you're in that boat. Um, That really adds a whole other layer of complexity. Uh, So you know, there's all kinds of good articles out there about you know working from home in this in this crisis and how to manage you know your family and your spouse and your child. Um, But I think just stay as communicative as you can with your partner. Um, Make sure that you know they can get what they need and you can get what you need and you know, your partners for a reason, right? Like you can probably figure it out if you work together. Um, You know, the other thing too I recommend is uh, don't be afraid to hang out separately at night, like out, you know, outside of work. Like it's okay if you go watch your show in in one room and like he watches his show, he or she watches their show, you know, in another room. That's okay. You guys don't have to be together 24 seven now that everybody's locked in the same house, you know?
0: I appreciate the permission for privacy (laughs) right it's extra
2: (laughs) um yeah it can uh it can be a lot you know um but you know the tips that everyone's giving right get outside as as much as you can you know within the the regulations of where you live the weather at least where we are you know in the midwest and the northeast is starting to turn a little bit so get some fresh air you know get some exercise. yeah it's it's a tough time, but hopefully we can all get through it together
0: and you know, as you said, Megan, like I, I do have a daughter at home, and my husband doesn't normally work from home. He's in our basement. We set him up an area, like a, a private space, like you said. But I'm also trying to like lean into this a little bit. You know, the last time I spent this much time with both my husband and my daughter was when she was a week old. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm trying to lean in into it that way that like there are things that we're getting to do, like and I saw another article you said there are great ones out there, but like it was almost, I think it was just like a meme that was like, when your kids in 20 years look back at this time, they're going to remember that you'd family dinner together every night. That's not something we did in this house because my husband's hours didn't coordinate with my young daughter's dinner time, right? Mm -hmm. So there are things that I'm hoping she remembers from this that And I remember from this that weren't normal for us. Like the simple thing, like a family dinner or, you know, taking our dog for a walk, all of us at the same time that we only got to do on the weekends occasionally. So from the same exact aspect of like communication and making it work, it's almost like, how can we lean into what we're doing right now and appreciate some of these like really small things that maybe we're frustrated about, but like, how can we flip the script on that and- and, them.
2: I think that's, I think that's a great point, right, is in all of this, you know, you can, each of us has an extent, has to some extent, some control over how we feel, right? And and you, it's very easy to become overwhelmed and downtrodden about the terrible headlines and all of that. Um, but the silver linings are there, right? There is this unique opportunity, this permission almost to get close to your family and spend time with you know your tribe. Um, and so I, I liken it to. What people say about, you know, when you have like a small, a very, very small child, like an infant, like appreciate the time, even though it's hard, even though it's going to fly by in an instant, just appreciate it because you're never going to get it back, right? Particularly with your kids and even with your partner, with your parents or with your sister, with all of your loved ones, you know, our time is limited. And so spend some time, you know, connecting with them um, and really appreciate it. So I think you're right that, you know, my stepdaughter's in the same boat she's gonna she doesn't read the headlines like she's gonna remember she got to do lessons at home with us for school she's super excited about it you know and so like watching her joy you know kind of helps us realize that you know
1: it it could be worse right do you have any tips around uh, inviting feedback from other people I've heard you say that multiple times that's mm-hmm. been a revolutionary way for you to learn and transform. More, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, because it can be so scary, what are some ways that you invite that? So, you know, I think, I think one,
2: one hindrance for me, when every, when everything is, you know, normal out in the world is I don't want to burden people, right? Like I don't want to bother my sister, my mom, or my friend, you know, um, because people all have their busy lives. And I feel like right now in particular, you know, this is a great time to establish some channels for feedback because everyone has a lot of extra time. And so you can, you know, you can even frame your request like, hey, since we're all sitting around at home, you know, with extra time on our hands, would you have any interest in, you know, reviewing some video footage that I've been working on? You know, I'm trying to elevate my career and, you know, use this time to improve myself. And I feel like you'll you'll find generally that people are really open to it. Um, On the other side of that, right, you have to yourself be in the right state of mind to receive feedback, particularly when it's constructive. when the feedback is you're amazing, you know, you should be a star, you can take that whenever. Um, But when you really get some some constructive feedback to help you improve, I find that I need to be in a good state of mind to do that. So I'll kind of clear some time, you know, to read their email or take a phone call on like a Saturday morning, uh, you know, rather than like at the end of the day on Tuesday after I've gotten out of a stressful meeting. Um, So doing that, you know, asking, finding the right time. uh, And then I think a good tip too is, it can be tough to find people to give feedback that are experts in what you're talking about. Um, so have confidence in the actual subject matter that you're talking about, but you can rely on others to give you feedback on non, subject matter type things like your volume and your delivery and your non-verbal communication and you know, did you smile enough or use your hands enough and things like that. Um, so you know, put put your stuff out to a group of people that you trust. Let them know that it's a safe space, that you genuinely want the feedback, and then kind of see what comes back. And then, I mean, I think the most important thing with feedback always, right, is that you incorporate it. Like <laughs> Getting feedback is great, uh, but actually take the feedback to heart, you know, realize that you've asked for it, and this is stuff that can help you improve, and then re-record, you know, send it over, see what they think. Um, and then when everybody's feeling comfortable, you know, you're ready to get that message out there.
1: And yeah, that's great. And now is the perfect time, like you said, with all this extra time we have on our hands to actually strategize around that, maybe like pull out the notes that you have on that and say, okay, what are some practical things I can do to apply these lessons I've learned from people? Or what can I do to siphon through like, the shit right now. Like, this doesn't yeah, really apply. You know I, mean? I appreciate it, but it doesn't apply.
2: Right, exactly. You know, not, it goes back to, you know, you can't please everyone. Like, if you, yeah. you know, if, yeah. you, if you put your video out, you know, even for feedback to 100 people, you're not gonna get 100 people that say it was amazing. Like, it's just never gonna happen. And so, you know, recognizing that not everyone's going to love you uh, is a tough lesson, but it's necessary if you want to, you know, pursue and just keep getting stuff out there and really start to build a personal brand for yourself.
0: Do you have a preferred platform where you're standing up, where we can push people to go and follow you?
2: Yeah. So my, my preferred platform is probably LinkedIn. Um, I, you know, LinkedIn tends to be a bit more B2B. um, And I find that, you know, I try to save Facebook, for instance, for more personal things. Um, so yeah, folks want to go out and follow me on LinkedIn. I do put some content out there. Um, you know, I'm in the same boat as everyone else. I, um, I recognize the opportunity, but it can feel it can feel tough to find some mental clarity right now, for sure. Um, so I kind of just ride my own personal wave of emotion, right? And it can be a nice distraction, honestly, that if you're feeling overwhelmed, and you can't get off your phone, reading the headlines, take a deep breath go for a walk and just go heads down for a couple hours, you know, and and figure out how to evolve your personal brand and turn this crisis into something positive.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking yeah, the time you guys. with us and share all this amazing information. And I know this is something I'm personally going to be leveraging and utilizing as I create keep creating content for myself and Impulse. So thank you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy. Mm
3: And
0: we, um, you know, we, we really just appreciate you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's been great. Um, same to y'all stay healthy, stay safe and just hang in there. You know, we're
1: all in this together. Um, it'll get better soon. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow Voyagers.